to learn the business. Listen, you, you got those guys that are doing like a million plus a year in my market and they give me an opportunity, you know, to learn from them. I'm like, I wasn't going to pass it. I mean, I wasn't going to pass it. Plus there were young guys. So, I mean, we hang out, you know, go, you know, get drinks and all that after work on Friday. So there was a lot of connections between us. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to learn. I think for me, I needed someone that could help me understand this as a business, not as a hobby, as a business. And these guys had systems in place. So I owe, I owe a lot of my success to that seven months internship that I had with them. And during that time, I closed 11 deals. So Okay. You're listening to the We Love Equity Real Estate Show, a podcast that discusses the intricacies of real estate investing with your host, Marcus E. Maloney. Marcus is a real estate investor best known for being the equity king. He's been awarded that moniker because he and his team find amazing real estate deals. He will be talking with investors who have done some transformational things in the real estate industry. They'll discuss their process, their strategies, and how their investments transform their lives and the communities they invest in. We welcome you to the We Love Equity Real Estate Show. Hello, We Love Equity family. Great to be with you again on another podcast. On today's episode, I have a very, very successful wholesaler out of Omaha, Nebraska. So we're going to talk about all things wholesaling, marketing, and things like that. So I have Danielle Kawasi that is here from Omaha, Nebraska, but she hails from Togo, Africa. Is that correct? That is correct. All right. All right. So with that being said, I want to dig in with Danielle. We want to talk about wholesaling. We want to talk about what you guys can do to get started. She is a great inspiration. I was on her a show last week or was it last mm, week or no, two, weeks two weeks ago? Yeah. Two yeah, weeks two ago. Weeks. I have a definitely a wonderful community. I've been having people from your community reach out to me, tell me thank you and everything like that. So it is, it is great. So with that being said, Danielle, tell me your background. How did you, first of all, come to the States and how did you get into real estate investing? Okay. First of all, thank you, Marcus, for having me on Uh, to be on. I'm really grateful for for the opportunity i came to um, the states when i was 16 i came to go to you know to do my bachelor and then go to law school so i graduated in 2017 i think in the uh, in the spring of 2017 and uh, in my junior year of college i started reading books you know self-development how to get rich, you know, uh-huh. like that. And you know, one thing that there were two things that that came to me. There were there, there was trading stock or currency, also called forex, and mm-hmm. there was real estate. So I'm like, I'm gonna start with one and then see which you know see where it goes. Be, yeah, see where it goes. So I started trading uh, currencies, doing forex. I was very good at it. Only thing that was missing was I didn't have a mentor. 
So, you know, you can do so much by watching YouTube videos, subscribing to stuff. So I was like, you know what, what is something else I could do that is, that I would love and I'll find someone that can help me in it. And I remember that number two, real estate. Yep, so yep. right there in my junior year, started learning about it, started reading all of the books I could. At the time, I could afford going to the library, you know, the subscription, and get all of the books on, on real estate, the CDs, you know, things uh -huh. like that for free. And I started doing that and learning about it. And that's kind of how I got started. Okay, so you just had this itch. You wanted to do some some life improvements although you were in college you was you was getting some life improvements in college as far as your education but you say you know what this is just not it so what happened to your career path being a law a law um an attorney so i was in pre-law i was supposed to go to law school the following year so i put that on hold i graduated from college i strongly believe that if you are going to school you should finish it. There's a reason why you're in it. Like yep. if you start quitting soon, you might quit, you know, the things. And I mean, I think everybody's different, but for me, I'm that, I'm, I'm, I like principles. I'm like, if I start something, I gotta finish it. And my parents paid for it. It's a lot of money for mm -hmm. a dad and a mom to pay cash for the, for the kids to go to college. So I'm like, I at least owe this to them. So I finished my pre-law. I had a degree in political science. So I finished that. I graduated from college and then i went to do an internship with two guys that were flipping about 80 homes per year at the time nice. yeah they were actually my first buyer they, they they bought my my first wholesale deals i made like two grand on it okay um, and then when i graduated they told me they said you know what we see your we see your drive so when you graduate from um college come back to us so I was living in Kearney, Nebraska, and I had to drive to Omaha all the time to come and do showings, meet sellers for appointments and all that. So they were like, you know what, you did your first deal in college, but once you graduate, reach out to us and then we will talk. So, so, so let I, me ask you this. How far is Kearney from Omaha? It's like two hours. So you were determined. You was making a yeah, two-hour drive. Week. Every okay. week, every week I was in Omaha. Every week, I mean, as I told you last time, my brother thought I was crazy. He's like, you, you always, and I had to borrow cars. I had to borrow his, his girlfriend's car at the time, now his wife. I had to borrow a car and put gas in it and then go to Omaha and fill it up when I came back because, you know, you have to pay your dues. Right. But I had to do what I had to do, you know, to get things done. And that taught me a lot. That taught me, I think, it instilled in me persistence. So. There you go. And that, that's, that's what I was driving home is that people make a lot of excuses. They make a, make a lot of reasons why they can't do something. But you were two hours away from where you needed to be. You didn't have a car. You was a college student. But you said, you know what, let me figure out how I can find a car. And then let me just make this commitment and drive back and forth, you know, opening up doors for houses, doing all of the grunt work. But it taught you persistence. So from there, okay, you graduated from school. What happened next? Then I went to work for those guys. I, after I graduated, I called them. <clears throat> I'm like, hey, I'm done. Can I come and enter and do my internship with you? They're like, yeah, sure. Come on. And that's how I became the acquisition manager. I okay. worked under them for like, I think, six or seven months till the end of um, 
2017. So let I was me, doing Let me stop you real quick, Danielle. I'm sorry, but what, because this is what I want, want people to understand. What was your expectations going in as an acquisition manager? To what learn the business. Okay. To learn the business. Listen, you, you got those guys that are doing like a million plus a year in my market and they give me an opportunity, you know, to learn from them. I'm like, I wasn't going to pass it. I mean, I wasn't going to pass it. Plus, they were young guys. So, I mean, we hang out, you know, go, you know, get drinks and all that after work on Friday. So, there was a lot of connections between us. So, I was like, you know what, I'm going to learn. I think for me, I needed someone that could help me understand this as a business, not as a hobby, as a business. And these guys had systems in place. So, I owe, I owe a lot of my success to that seven months internship that i had with them and during that time i closed 11 deals so okay so that's good and and the reason why i wanted to talk about that is because a lot of people or i would say some people when they're getting started they figure okay well i'll just use youtube university learn everything that i need to learn and then i'll get out there and do it on my own well in actuality yeah you can learn a lot of the groundwork Mm -hmm. but having that opportunity like you said to go and talk with sellers to go in, you know, to the title companies and, and working with buyers, all of that hands on stuff really is empowering when you're doing acquisitions for someone. Cause that's how I got started. You know, it was like, all right, I got out there. I tried, I was messing up and somebody pulled me in and was like, I see your grind. I see your hustle. Come on, be an acquisitions manager. And then from that position, you gain confidence. Cause you're like, Oh, wow. Okay. I can do this. This is what you got to do. You got to do this and do that. So good. Good. Okay. So your acquisitions manager, what kind of training did you get? What, what kind of, what, what went entailed? entailed uh, training. I mean, we will go on appointment together and they have, we will role play. So you got negotiation role play. They had some courses on how to negotiate, how to buy low, things like that, that they gave me that I had to go through like every day. It was a lot of work. Trust me, it was a lot of work in the beginning. But there were also flippers. So I would go out on sites with them. They'll tell me, this is how much we bought for this property. This is how much we're putting in it. This is how much we're going to sell it for. So I was able to understand, you know, numbers and, and how to buy deep and sell high, things like that. So. Okay, great, great. So you're doing this, the acquisitions. You said you closed 11 deals in seven mm-hmm. months? Yeah. Okay. What was your, if you can remember, what was your your percentage split that you would get on each deal? I think with them, it was 10%. Okay. All right. Yeah. Great, great. And that's normally the norm between mm-hmm. 10 and 15, 10 Straight and 12%. Though. Straight commission. But one thing that they did for me was they had a duplex. And when they asked me to move to Omaha, they gave me they gave me an apartment. So every month it was like for free. At, oh wow! So I mean, you don't get stuff like that right, often. I think right. this was a blessing. These guys were it came to me as a blessing. Honestly, looking back now, I'm like I'm grateful for that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, because you got the housing, you got yeah. the education, and you were able to close deals and make money. So really, yeah. your your income potential was based upon you. Yeah, no, so. just doing the work, you know, showing up every day on time. That was it. 
Okay. So what, what all did you do as that acquisitions manager? So people can understand what I made, I made calls. So that's when I started cold calling because sometimes when you don't like when you didn't have appointments to go or when they went on the appointments themselves, I had to keep, you know, to keep the leads coming in. So I was on the phones all the time. So a lot of cold calling, setting up appointments. I was doing disposition as well because at that time we had an agent and there was me. So when the agent was busy selling iHand stuff, mm-hmm. I had to step, you know, step up and, you know, do the, the appointments with the cash buyers that we had. So send the deal out, um, take the calls for that, do the showings, get the deals locked up, put the paperwork together, send it to the title company. So I played, I was in every, every. Yeah, you was acquisition <laughs> manager. Lead gen, uh, disposition. I was in everything. Transaction coordinator. Transaction coordinator. <laughs> I was in everything. <laughs> that's good. That's good because you learned each part of the business. Yes. That way when you went to step out on your own, okay, you knew this is what I need. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So. You did that for those months. Oh, and marketing too. And marketing. When we were going to send direct mail, I would be in touch with the company and tell them this is our list. This is what we want. These are the numbers. Blah, blah, blah. Stuff. Perfect. Perfect. So basically, you were, you were, you were technically running that, that wholesale side of I the was, business. I was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Great. Great. And are you still in contact with them today? I mean, we have a good relationship. We say hi to each other. Yeah. We're we, we good. We're good. Yeah. Okay, I great, left. Great. I left because I had the need to to do. They wanted to do more things, and the only reason why we couldn't move forward together was I think we each had different visions, and that's very important. So although I'm very grateful for what they taught me, but you know, I reached the point where I was like, you know what, um, I have to do what financially and emotionally and spiritually worthy of my time. Yeah, and that's yeah. when I made the decision to move on my own. And that's, and, and, and you get to that point because most people that do this are very entrepreneurial themselves. Yes. So it's like, mm-hmm. I really don't want to work for somebody, but what I'll do is I'll sacrifice a year and learn, and then I can get out and do it on my own. And that was similar to my track. You know, when I got started, I told the guys, I said, Hey, you know what? I'm entrepreneurial. I'm here to try and make as much money as I can for you guys. Mm-hmm. And in turn, I just want the education. But when I feel that I'm ready to leave, we're going to depart amicably. You know, there's no hard feelings, you know, coming in that I really want to do this on my own. So, and that's, and that's good, you know, that you have that understanding up front. All right. So now let's go through the mindset. You're working for this company, you're closing, you know, three deals, four deals a month for them. Now you're saying, okay, I'm going to get out here. I'm mm-hmm. going to do it on my own. So that means no more housing, yeah. no more, you know, leads automatically coming in to you, yeah. no more than paying for the marketing. How did that transition occur? It was hard. I remember the day I quit, I cried so much because I, I didn't cry because I was sad. I cried because I was scared. Scared. And, and I think I have, my best friend is my brother my big brother. I have three brothers and the guy, the one that comes before me, I don't know what the names are. I know there's the oldest, the this and that. <laughs> but the guy that comes before me, him and I are very, very close. So I called him and I'm like, you know what? Dad and mom still think that I'm doing this internship, but bro, I'm quitting. <laughs> and he's like, congratulations. That's good. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, 
don't you see that this is the only way to go up? Like, this is a good experience. I'm not telling you it's going to be easy, but, you know, Leo says you got what it takes. And that's what he told me. So I just relied on what he told me. Yeah. But it was hard, extremely hard, because now it's all of your savings that now you have to put in the business. So I'm grateful I had him on my side. But I also listened to Bob Proctor. I don't know if you're, mm-hmm. you know him. Bob Proctor, I mean, amazing mentor. I listened to almost all of his recordings on YouTube. Oh, I did almost all of his trainings. So there was that also in my ear playing every single day, doing exactly everything, writing my goals in the morning, writing, writing it at night. I do something better. I even pray about it in the morning. Yeah. Pray about it at night too. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and, and, so there was all of that, but it took, I probably took me like two months of, from the time I quit, because I quit in October. So from October to December, it was hard, extremely hard. But January came, came, January came around, January 2018, and I had my LLC, everything set up. And first week of January, I got my, my, my first deal under my, first, under my own company. Okay. And then on, it was like, boom, 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 boom. And that was so, so what was your marketing? What did you do? What was your marketing source? Good question. It was cold calling. I mean, I'm good at people. I love people. I love talking. I love building reports. I think that's one thing that played to my advantage. So I started cold calling. I will go on the county website, pull out, you know, records, get the phone number, uh, get the name and skip trace it. Or, you know, if uh-huh. there was the HUD statement or something like that on it and the phone number was listed on it, I'll just put that, combine it in a list and make like 20, 50 calls every day, go on appointments, you know, run numbers, lock it up. And at the same time, my other marketing was also building rapport with agents, which also brought me some, some deals. So Okay. Perfect. Perfect. So you took the leap, you took the jump, you got out there. So did you, your savings, did you have that money saved from when you closed the 11 deals with the, yes, yes. Yep, yep. That's what saved me. Uh, yep. I saved all of my money. Like I was probably living on maybe 5% of everything of, of my save of, so 5% of every because i do profit first at that time i was doing it unconsciously so when i when i do when i tithe i put the 10 percent 10 15 percent in savings 15 percent taxes you know a little bit aside for emergency fund and then what was left i will leave off for five percent of it right so it was living off of what was left of everything else so i was i don't know if it's frugal i was very very frugal really tight on 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 everything that i was doing everything i was spending everything was calculated so yeah well that's good and that's what i tell people is when you get started you have to have that budget outlined and you have to have it dialed into the t because (laughs) what some people try and say is well when i start making a lot of money then i'll make sure i start watching my budget but Mm -hmm. it starts on the little bit you know you got to start budgeting that little bit and that way when you start making millions you know how to budget because you knew how to budget you know off of a thousand dollars you know so that was very smart and you had that that money set aside for you to then say okay i have money for my own marketing, mm-hmm. you know, let me get out here and start cold calling. 
Yeah. So what did that first individual deal look like? I remember it was a, a lady, African-American lady. She owned two houses. So she was living in one and she had inherited the, the one next door from her dad. So I called call her. She's like, no, I'm not interested. You know, if you are really serious, come and meet me. And that was in, that was on December 28, 2017. So we go through the, the, the holidays, December, uh, January 3rd, knocking on the door. I'm like, Hey, you know, right. This is you told me to come. Over the phone, you know, showed up. She's like, really? I didn't think you were going to show up because I get a lot of calls like that and people never follow through. So I'm like, well, I'm here. So she's like, come on in, sit down. We talked it, but we spent like two hours together before she even took me through the house. And she told me she just want to get rid of it. And I got another contract, I think for 13 grand. And two days later, I had a buyer for, I think, 17 or 18. Either 17 okay. or 18. So it was four grand or five grand. It wasn't a big spread, but at the time it was a lot because then it gave me the confidence to keep moving forward. And there was her and there was a, a probate, not a probate, a pre-foreclosure lead that also picked up my call. And for that one, I think I made another three grand. So that month of January was like, I mean, leads for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was so happy. I mean, I was so happy. So we just went through the house. She showed me everything. And then I got it on the contract the same day. She signed right there. Okay. Because a lot of people, when they're getting started, they're, they're looking for these home runs, you know, they're saying, well, yeah, I want four, 4,000 is good, but I would really like to make 14,000 or 20,000. But like you said, those little base hits, those little 4,000, 3,000, 5,000, you know, those are good, you know, because those are the ones that sustain you until you hit that $15,000 deal or $17,000 deal, you know, and some people make the mistake is that they gloss over these smaller deals and they're just looking for these big deals. But you were at the time you were like, Hey, you know what? I don't care if it's 400. I don't care if it's a thousand dollars is, is money to my bottom line. Yeah. I think one of my rule, it's not just Warren Buffett that said that I don't lose money. I don't lose money. This is one of my rules. Like since I was little and I, I was saving like crazy, I just don't lose money. I just don't lose money. No matter what it takes, I won't lose my money. So as long as something comes out of it, I'm happy with it. And I'm grateful because I know by being grateful for what I have right now, more will come. So there you go. that's just my philosophy. There you go. Okay. So you, you, you're doing these few deals. So what kind of springboarded you? Because you did 200 deals, well, a hundred deals in two years. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. Okay. That's not a small feat. That's not a small task. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's good. So how did you start picking up momentum? It was around March of 2018. So, right. I started the first year was in 2018, January, 2018. Then I, I listened to bigger pocket and I met a guy called Lance Wakefield. Okay. So Lance was making like, I think 400 K a month in Dallas. So I'm like, you know what? It doesn't matter what matter what it takes. I'm going to hook up with this guy. I got to talk to him. Mm -hmm. So I messaged him for like a month. He wouldn't respond until one day he's like, Hey, I'm starting um, this, this group, you know, this little mastermind. I'm only taking 10 people. I'm like, sign me up. And okay. 
once he signed me up, he opened up his whole system to us. And from then on, it was a six month. But within the first month of working with him, I mean, I started contracting like five, six, seven deals a month. And he started picking up from there. And I just, just let so, me so with this mastermind, first of all, if you don't mind me asking, how much was it? 15K. Okay, 15K. All right. And then, so let me ask you this. Was it worth it? I mean, 100%. Okay. 100%. Because, because yeah. a lot of people, they hear that, they like, wow, you, you spent, you know, $15,000, you spent $25,000, because I just did one that was $25,000, you know, uh -huh. and, and for the longest, I, and, and, and hear me clearly, for the longest, I was a solo guy, I was doing it, I was making good money, you know, I was making yeah. over $100,000 a year doing it, and I was happy at the time with that. But at the same time, I'm hearing, like you said, people making what I'm making a year, they're making a month, you know, yeah. and, and it's like, okay, well, if I have these same systems that they have, why am I making a hundred grand a year where they're making a hundred grand a month, you yeah. know? So what, what was it that he introduced to you that make you say, wow, I can go from this to that? Number one, systems and hiring. The guy had it dialed in to the T. From the minute the phone rang till the minute it closed, it, everything was detailed. And that's when I knew that you needed a lead manager, acquisition manager, TC, Dispo. I didn't know all of this. I was doing everything, but I didn't really know that these, everything that I was doing were actual, actual positions that people right. needed to fill in. So within a month, I hired my first, virtual assistant or so my first call caller who is now my the manager of everything that i do as far as outbound and inbound you know team she's the manager of every, all of those guys so this was for me the light bulb i'm like okay so i don't need to be sitting every day making the calls and go on the appointment and do all of that I can actually hire someone and he said something to me that really struck me he's like you know what the minute you start spending people or investing money on people you'll start paying for itself. That's what they told me. And I'm like, okay, right now it's easy for you to say because you know right. my position, you're out there. Yeah, but, right. You that, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it paid off. I mean, within, as I said, within the first month, we started working together. She was bringing in the leads and I was going on acquisition appointments and locking things up. And I mean, this guy was... He was a genius. I still think he's a genius. We still talk to this day. And I just, I, every time like, Lance, you're so smart. You have no idea. And that guy really taught us the, the business. I kind of knew it, but it really showed us what wholesaling as a business look like. Because again, it's not a hobby. If you want to close one deal per year, that's okay. That's you having right. fun and making extra money. But if you really want to be successful in this, you have to build it as a business. And that is what Lance taught us. Yeah. And that's, that's very key is that, you know, some people that we, we get into it and we, first of all, we say, okay, well, let me try it out. These people are making $5,000, $10,000 on a deal. Let me get in here. Let me try it out. Let me see if I yeah. can make this happen. Mm -hmm. And then you do that first deal and you make, you know, four grand, five grand. And you're like, oh, okay, that was good. I made an extra four or $5,000. Well, let me do it again. 
you know, and make another four or $5,000. But then you get to that point where you say, you know what, this is really a business. How can I formulate this mm -hmm. as a business? And that's what you did. So your first hire was a lead manager. So yes. they did all of the inbound and outbound calls. Yes, correct. You went I actually hired two people. I hired, at first it was the outbound girl and then the inbound for the, the direct mail. Okay, but you went out on all of the appointments and yes. locked up the deals. And I was okay. doing disposition too. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, and then what happened after that? So now you're, you're starting to formulate this team. You're getting this team together. First of all, how much did it cost for those employees? So now you're taking me back two years. I think per month, it went up to like 1500 because she was virtual, right? right? So one in the Philippines and, yeah, I mean, the other one, all of them were virtual. So it was about, I think, either 15 or 2000 1500 or 2000 okay. per month, which before I wasn't willing to spend right. on them. I'm like, you're kidding me, two grand per month? No, I can make the cost myself. Yep, yep. But, that's but, yeah, it was a lot of money for me back then, even, you know, to just put in people. I think I don't think it was the money, uh, Marcus. I think it was the fear of not getting it back. And what if they don't perform? What if they, they act weird and I lose deals? Like all of those what ifs were, were what was really keeping me, you know, stuck. But, stuck. Yep. you know, it wasn't the money too much because the money is there, but it was, is it going to pay off? That yeah, was yeah. my biggest worry. And that that's one of those transitions where you go from, I'm used to doing everything. I can control everything. So if it messes up, it's it's on me. Yeah. But when you start bringing other people in, you're like, okay, well, what if they mess up? Now I'm paying them and they're messing up, you know, so I'm losing money double. And like you said, you don't want to lose no money. Yeah, don't lose money. Always is the win. You know, you know so oh. so how did you train them? Was it was it just some some virtual calls? How did no, you train them? No, no, I'm not I'm not a fan of sit behind the computer and 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 listen to this. I mean, now I have to because I don't have time to do it all the time. But in the beginning, that girl and I, I will shadow her. She'll be on the phone. I'll be listening to what she's she's saying. I listen to every single call that she will make, and then make corrections the next day. So. When she's done at 7 p.m., I'll just take maybe 8 from 8 to like 9, 9.30 and listen to all of the recordings. And then the next day, early from like 7 to 8, we'll have training and I tell her, you know what, yesterday, here's what you did wrong, blah, blah, blah. And we wrote our own script, you know, okay. based, on, based on the feedback that we were getting, we started writing our own script and perfecting it as we, as we went. So I was just training her myself every day, every so day, for at least a year. Okay, so what system were you using to record her calls? Uh, it was Mojo at the time. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. We started with Mojo at the time, yeah. Okay. All right, so you, you go on to Mojo, you're using her. What was that transition after that? Because what I'm doing, Danielle, is I'm walking someone, the, from our beginning listeners, from okay. beginning to end. How you start, you know, with a few dollars, transitioning to being an acquisition manager for someone else, then making that jump and now be building that business okay. because you, you did it. So this is why I'm asking you, and this is okay. perfect reason why I wanted you to be on the show because we have a lot of people that's going through that transition. They may be at the beginning or they may be at that point where they say, okay, 
I'm leaving where I'm at to go independently. And mm-hmm. now they're at the point where, okay, I need to hire people. So you're, you're, you're our case study for okay. today. <laughs> Thank you. Now I got, I got what you're doing. Okay. Yep. Then she, she, we hired two more people all at once. So that was three cold callers. I was still doing acquisition. And I think we ramped up to the point where I had like eight cold callers. Wow. Uh, okay. One, one, one inbound person and then eight cold callers. And I was handling dispos- I was handling acquisition. Then there was a lady in my, in my market that was good at talking. So I'm like, hey, you know what? You, do you want to do this position? And she's like, yeah. So she spoke Spanish and English, which really helped out. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I'm going to you know, step away from this position and put her in. So I put her in this position. And then I hired an office uh, uh, manager. manager that was also my TC. Okay. Okay. So now was everybody virtual or did you now buy an office? To the two, the office. Yeah. Then I, 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 I rented, started renting an office. I mean, by April of 2018, I was renting an office and space. So I brought in the TC, the transaction coordinator. And I think around July, I brought in the disposition girl. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. So, and and this is where your business is now, or did you take another step? Correct. So right now, I only everybody's virtual. Even disposition is virtual. I have about eight people plus myself. It's nine. I do acquisition, but I also have a virtual acquisition. We are in the process of actually hiring an in-house acquisition person. Okay. You know, so we have a disposition guy who is in Peru that can sell stuff virtually. I mean, believe it or not, he can. And we have a real estate agent on the ground that goes to do the appointments, to do the showings, sorry, do the showings, get the offers, submit them to to the disposition guy, and the disposition guy makes the decision, sends the paperwork over, and that's usually how we do it. And then I have a transaction coordinator who is virtual too. She's in charge, you know, Dealing with Make sellers, sure. TC, oh, sorry, title companies and stuff like that. Bye. Okay. So now let's talk about real quick. So now you have all of these people and you got these deal, deals coming in and deal flow. Who is commission, um, 100% commission and who is payroll people? Everybody's on payroll right now. I don't have any commission anymore because everyone is virtual. So I don't, I, I don't really have to deal with commission at this point. So everybody is, is on payroll. Okay. Okay. So everybody is payroll. So how did you find all of these virtual assistants? What it started with Upwork, starting with Upwork. Then as people were coming and going, they started bringing their cousins, friends and all of that. So I started keeping the best. So, I mean, I think, I think I have one of the best cold calling teams. Only women, these girls just work it. I'll say it all started from Upwork. And then from then on, you started being referral, referral. Even my disposition guy, I found him on Upwork. Okay. So guys, that's Upwork.com. Upwork.com, that is a platform of nothing but virtual assistants. So it's kind of like Facebook with all freelancers. So you can post a job there and people will respond and you can hire them, hire them for your jobs. And I think a lot of people say they don't have a good experience. I've had some bad experience on Upwork, but I know why. It's because I didn't screen people well. 
I think if you take the time to interview them and listen to recordings, if you shadow them within the first two or three days, you should know whether they're good or not or whether they're making the calls or not. Uh, I no. mean, you cannot just hire someone and just let them go and think that, okay, they're going to do it. I mean, it's your business. You have to look out for, for what you're paying for. So, I That's mean, true. if you want to hire someone, make sure that they're doing the work, look at the screenshots, listen to the recordings. Uh, I don't do that much. I don't do that much right now, but I'll still jump in once in a while, especially if you're starting. I mean, you've got time. You can do it. Yep, yep. So, and that's the thing. You, you just want to leverage someone else's time because as you scale and get bigger, you can't do everything on your own because then it becomes an area where you have this big pot, but because you're trying to do everything, you start getting these little leaks, you yeah. know, everywhere and you, you know, deals start falling through the cracks. But the mindset is, you know, some people have that scarcity mindset and, and I'm gonna raise my hand. I was, I was a victim of it in the beginning because it was like, well, I'll just do everything and I'll just keep 100% of the profits to myself, you know, but I was only, I was capping myself when I started expanding and saying, okay, well, I need an acquisitions person. I need a dispositions person. I need a lead manager. Then my deal flow started growing tremendously, you know, and now it's like, okay, well, I have time where I can do a podcast, where I can talk to Danielle on the phone, you know, and know that deals are still getting done. Okay. Yeah. So Danielle, let's I, think, take I don't think we get out of it. I don't think, I think we, we ever get out of it and it, it comes at different levels. Again, look, we look at us right now. We have to bring in an acquisition manager in person. Probably TC is going to have to be in person. So I'm again, expanding. So it's always going to be like that. You're going to expand. Then where you expand is going to seem like, it's too small again. Then you're gonna have to expand again, and it's gonna be too small. So it's just life. So you yeah. just got to accept that you have. If you wanna grow, things like that will happen. You just have to become okay with growing and doing what is necessary. And that's what I tell people is that there's fear on each level. It's how you deal with it. Yeah. So in the beginning, you're starting the fear is okay. Well, I'm scared to talk to sellers. You know, then it's okay. Well, I'm scared to invest my own money in marketing because what if I don't get that money back? And then, then the fear is okay. Well, I'm gonna jump out here and I'm gonna hire somebody. But what if they don't do it like I do it? You know, then it's okay. Now I need more people and so on and so forth. So Excellent. Excellent. Danielle, let's take a quick break here. Word from our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to get into some, some other topics that I want you to share with us. Okay. Sure. PropString is the industry's number one tool for locating distressed properties and connecting with highly motivated sellers with hundred percent coverage across the U S PropString provides a deep dive into any property specific details, making it easy to generate lists of distressed properties and contact to the owners. No other product or service can compare. Gain access to MLS property details like expired listings. You can pull accurate comps, even sale prices in non-disclosure states. This information is typically reserved for licensed real estate professionals, but is also available to you in PropStream. Gain access to unlimited nationwide property search, comparable home sales, targeted marketing lists, and owner contact lookup, built-in marketing tools, hundreds of filters to search and sort leads. Start your free seven-day trial now by going to crowd.propstreampro.com slash we love it. All right, guys, we are back with Danielle from Omaha, Nebraska. 
Danielle is a real estate wholesaler that is doing some amazing things. They're in Omaha. She's closing deals continuously. She got started, you know, like everyone else got started with a small budget, small time, small space, but she ended up working it out. So Danielle, going back, what do you see next? What is next for your company? I know you said you have to hire a in-person acquisitions manager because you're still doing acquisitions yourself, correct? Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what, what are some of the things that you think you're going to need to train that person on? The acquisition person? Yes. I mean, it's definitely going to be on negotiation, how to build rapport, how to close, which is very important. I strongly recommend the John Martinez training. It's amazing for acquisition people. I mean, I go through it myself, you know. So I think it's a, it's a great place to start and have your acquisition on that everyday role play. Go on appointments together. Like same thing I was doing with those guys is the same thing I'm going to be doing with him. Same thing I did with the lead gen person is the same thing I'm going to be doing with him. Listen to the call, sit down, see what he's doing, he or she uh, is mm -hmm. doing and just go from there. Okay. So guys, as you can hear, it's not rocket science. You just have to look at what you need to do and then start putting it into place and, and get it done. So if you're at the beginning stages or if you're looking to expand, this podcast episode right now is exactly what you need. So Danielle, so are you guys still doing cold calling? Is that still your primary marketing strategy or have you done anything? Uh, yes, else? cold calling and texting now. Those okay. are, you know, like for me, it was about taking one thing and become extremely good at it, like extremely good at it and dial that into the T, which I think we've been able to do with cold calling and texting as well. So those have been our main sources of deals um, for the past two years. Okay, perfect, perfect. So we are going to put Danielle on the hot seat, the hot seat. Do you have your hot seat questions, Danielle? Okay. Uh, <laughs> am I asking them to you or are you asking them? No, to I'm, I'm asking you. I am asking you. So we're putting Danielle on the hot seat. We're putting her on the hot seat. So Danielle, starting you over. the police sound on. <laughs> <laughs> starting over, what would you do different? Mm. That's a good question. I think nothing. Nothing. Okay. Nothing. I'll do everything the same. Because, Marcus, I believe that every, every event, every decision that we make, we are sometimes supposed to make them so they can teach us a lesson, mm -hmm. right? Um, that's the way I see every action, every action that I, that I, that I make. I, I just think that it's a, there's a lesson in there, whether it's good or bad. So I wouldn't want to do anything over. Okay, great, great. What is your greatest commodity outside of capital? Greatest commodity yeah, outside so of capital. What is your greatest resource, you know, outside of money? I think as a people, is that a commodity? Can yeah, people. Yeah, your team. I, I think Absolutely. People. Yeah, and I think I'm good at people too. Um, I think I'm good at people. Okay. Maybe I'm not that good, but I think I am. So, well, I mean, you're closing 100 deals, you know, and you just got started in 2018. So I think you're 
think you're doing a good job, Danielle. I think we can give you a round of applause for what you're doing. <laughs> All right. What drives your ambition? Good question. I think I don't want to leave any stone unturned when I go. I, I think there's a reason why I'm here on earth. I'm here to do something very specific and I believe I'm doing it. And if I'm not, I believe that by keep on doing it, I'll find it in the process. And it's that, that pursuit of, of, always giving the best of myself that gets me going. It's not a person because I believe if, if I put my drive in a person and the person is no longer there, I might not keep going uh, or anything uh, as well. So I rather base that in the almighty and the, the will and the passion that it puts in me to always want to be the best and to, to always want to make creation, you know, the earth a better place in gotcha. everything that I do. So gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. What's one thing that you can do to be more productive? Ah, that's a good question. I think waking up earlier. Right now I'm at 6.30. I used to be 5.30, even 5. And my day would be so good. Now <laughs> it's like 6.30, you know, <laughs> on the weekend, don't even talk. Like it's like 7, 7.30. And, you know, I, I like to give myself, I'm like, you know what, you work too hard in the week. Because, you know, I get to the office maybe by 8.00. And then stay to like six. So when I get here, I just work. Work. Um, but I'm like, you know, I think you should. You should. You gotta have some here. of that downtime. Gotta have some downtime. I got. I need that. So waking <laughs> up earlier, and and I'm working on that. I'm I'm reading the Miracle Morning again. It's gonna gotcha. be my sixth time of going through it. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you gotta let it sink in, right? <laughs> let it sink in. You know, repetition, right? <laughs> right, right. Okay. What do you think is your greatest challenge, if it's internal or external? Internal or external? In the business or in the personal life? Either. Hmm. I think, <laughs> no, you can play, but I need to think about this for a minute. Greatest challenge is it right now? It's probably waking up in the morning, huh? No, I think it's 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 putting it's putting that dream team together. Because I have the vision. I already have the vision. I know exactly how it's supposed to happen. But again, you know, visionaries are not always implementers. So yeah, I yeah. need an implementer. I need a good implementer next to me, if possible to help build this. So uh, I think I need an implementer. Okay. So, you know, one thing that you need to work on yeah. right now is just finding that, basically finding that COO, that uh, chief operations Either that, officer. Or even if I have an acquisition person that acts on stuff, things like that can go either an acquisition person or someone like an office manager that can get things done. Like I'll dream it, I'll see it. And then, Hey, here's what I saw. Yep. Let's do it. Let's That's do it. That's what I need. So, okay. What is the latest business or real estate book that you've read? Latest business. Oh, I'm reading that one right now. The Trillion Trillion Dollar Man. I think okay. that's what it's called. Let me let me double check that for you. I think it's called The Trillion Trillion Dollar Man. And it's about the story of that the Trillion Dollar Coach. Sorry, Trillion okay. Dollar Coach. And it is by Jonathan Rosenberg and Eric Schmidt. It's about Bill Campbell. He was the 
coach of people like Apple, founder of Apple. What's his name? I can't oh, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs, you know, work with people like Jeff Bezos. So in that book, they're explaining how he was able, you know, to achieve so much success and create so much money by working with people. So that was the, that was my latest business book. Okay, perfect, perfect. So last question, last question. How do you give back? I tithe. There you go. Um, okay. Tithe. And now I make sure that my tithing actually does what it's supposed to do. So I, I give it to charities. It's okay. not just, you know, giving it there and then hoping that it goes somewhere. I like now to see it working in action. Right. And that's, that's, that's what I do. I, when I tithe, I make sure I may say, okay, well, this month is going to go to this charity. This month is going to go to this charity. That way, again, it's spread it out. It's going to the areas where it's absolutely needed. So Danielle, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for being on the show. Anything you want to reach out to our to our listeners, give us your IG handle, Facebook. How can we get in touch with you? Give us your, your Facebook group, you know, if they want to listen to you on the weekends. Good. Before I get into that, I wanted to say uh, a big thank you to the Collective Genius, which is my mastermind. Jason Medley, Leon Barnes, Frank Cava, those guys have you know, taking me from here to there. Amazing mastermind, which I recommend anybody that's doing big things in real estate to look into. Very grateful for that group. You can find me on Facebook. It's my first and last name. So Danielle Kwasi. Instagram, I think it's Danielle Kwasi too, or Danny Kwasi. I don't have Twitter. I don't have Snapchat. Those okay. two Facebook and Instagram are enough to keep me busy. All right. So Facebook and IG is where you can reach Danielle at. She also has a group. Come on, tell the us pro, about your yeah, group. Yeah, it's, it's the Pro Afro uh, Real Estate Meetup. Uh, pro Afro Real Estate Meetup. We are renaming it, but so far it's going to be the Pro Afro Real Estate Meetup. And it's about creating generational wealth uh, in the African community. So we invite amazing people like Mr. Maloney here, you know, to come and talk to us, show us the path, how to make it happen. And it's, we have a meeting, a Zoom meeting once per month with a speaker and you are open to ask questions, reach out to them directly. I mean, it's really fun and interactive. It is. Um, yeah. And it helps our community, you know, grow. I think now is the time for us to understand that wealth is a sort of weapon to protect ourselves as well. I believe I believe in, I strongly believe in, in wealth as being a, a way for us to emancipate ourselves. So I think it's time. Absolutely. Absolutely. So guys, like Danielle said, it's definitely a great interactive group. I, I really enjoyed myself being on there. I really enjoyed the questions. You can get on there and you can ask questions and the speakers will answer the questions live. So again, that is the Pro Afro Real Estate Meetup Correct. on Facebook. I'll make sure I have all of this information in the show notes for you guys to join you know come and come and take a look see what's going on you know in danielle's community again she is successful she's closed over 100 deals in the past 
two years, that's nothing to sneeze at. I mean, so if, and if you're in the Omaha, Nebraska community and you're looking for someone to reach out to that's experienced as a real estate investor, there you go. Danielle Kawasi is right there in your neighborhood. So Danielle, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Any last parting words before we, before we go? Just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's an honor to knew, to know you. I think all of the compliments go back to you. You're an amazing man as well, doing big things. So I appreciate you know us being friends and you know being close to each other. So yes, uh, I am extremely humbled. Thank you, Danielle, and we will definitely, definitely stay connected and stay oh, together. Oh. So I'm gonna find you on I'm gonna find you on IG, and I'm gonna say, hey, Danielle, come on, where you at? Let's post something on IG. I know I don't post a lot, even on Facebook, you know, yeah, I need help there. So you got to push me. I got to make something happen there. Okay. All right. I'll definitely push you. I know a great VA that does a lot of stuff with social media and it, it definitely helps. It helped me tremendously because I was I was the same way I was like okay I'm gonna get on I'm gonna make a post I used to even try and schedule out posts okay on Wednesday <laughs> I'm gonna schedule out all my posts for the for the week <laughs> and That's never true. get it done never get it done so I, like, thank- I, I would love that I, love, I just think I'm like you know what we good I don't need to post what am I if you need me you know where to find me and but I need you need to show people what you're doing and all of that. So. Yeah, yeah. Because in and pretty soon you you will start shifting from just wholesaling to now start raising capital and and correct. You know, and then people will be able to look back and see your journey. Oh, okay, I remember or I see where she started here and look where she's at now. Mm-hmm. I know her. I like her. I trust her. So mm-hmm. I can definitely invest in her. So yeah, we could definitely talk about that. I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Marcus. All right. Well, thank you so much, Danielle. I really appreciate it. Guys, you know what to do. Go out there and move at the speed of of instruction, as my good friend Jay Massey says. So it's Marcus Maloney, and we are signing off. Remember to enjoy the journey. Thank you for listening to today's show. I picked up some great actionable items, and I'm sure you did as well. If so, let me know. You can always reach me via social media at facebook.com slash MRCS Maloney, Twitter at MRCS Maloney, and of course, IG at MRCS Maloney. You can also always reach me via email at mmaloney at equityri.com. Make sure you reach out to our guest as well. You can always find their contact information in the show notes below. If you have not subscribed already, what are you waiting for? Join the family. And while you're at it, leave us a five-star review. This is how we tell if we're providing you with what you need for your journey. If there's someone you would like for me to interview, or if there's a subject matter you would like for me to cover, please let me know. Finally, if you're looking for additional information about real estate investing, go to equityrealestateblog.com, also youtube.com slash Marcus Maloney. Until next time, family, always enjoy the journey.